Is it just me, or is waiting something that really irritates you? You know, like waiting. Like, for instance, waiting in traffic. Driving behind that person that's like just a little bit below the speed limit. That's just personal thing for me. How about waiting at the doctor's office? First you're in the waiting room, and then the nurse calls you back there and she takes your vitals, and then you wait some more. You're waiting. How about this one? Waiting in line for food. <laughs> like fast food, right? We don't eat a lot of fast food at our house, so that's not really a problem that we have to deal with, but it seems like whenever I go somewhere, there's a line around the building, because anymore you can't go in to eat, you have to wait in line. Which, by the way, did you hear, I don't believe this, but did you hear that Chick-fil-A was voted the slowest drive through in America? And Taco Bell was the fastest. I, yeah. No, well, somebody said I ordered two tacos and had to pull up and wait. So I don't know where they're getting their, their information from, but I think, I think Chick-fil-A is pretty, I mean, they got it down. But, but you know, technology has made us so accustomed to getting what we want when we want it, right? Like, like how about this one? I can order a package and within hours... I can start tracking that package, right? Your package has shipped. Your package is in transit. Your package is in your town. Your package is in your neighborhood. Your package is eight stops away. And then I get that photo. Your package is on your porch, right? When, when, when years ago growing up, when I would order something from the comic books, it said four to eight weeks, right? And then like six months later, I would get a little box of army men. I forgot all about them. <laughs> We've become so like everything now, everything. You know, you, know, you know what the deal is? Learning to wait is one of the most important things in life. Because waiting builds character. And this is what we're going to be talking about today. In, in part nine of this Faith and Miracles series. Next week we're, we're going to wrap it up. I titled today's message, The Wait, because we're waiting. For instance, how many of us were in a hurry for an answer from God, and it seemed like he was just taking his sweet old time? Like, like I don't even know if God is hearing me right now. I, 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 I feel like he's ignoring me. It's frustrating. Right? We get, we get frustrated in that because we can't track his answers on our phone. You know, at this very moment, there's probably some of us in this room that are waiting on an answer from God. Waiting for an answer to prayer. Waiting for clarification, for some direction in life, waiting for a healing to happen. You know, whatever it is, isn't this, isn't this kind of like the scene? We pray and we pray and we pray and nothing seems to be happening. And then we get confused 
and frustrated, wondering, why, isn't, why aren't you answering me, God? Why doesn't it seem like you care about my prayers? Well, here's the thing. Waiting is about trust. And so do we trust God in the wait? You think about it. When you're sitting in that doctor's office, aren't you trusting that he's going to show up at some point in time, he or she? When you're waiting in line for your food, aren't you trusting it's going to be at the window when you get there? We know that God can answer us within a second, right? He spoke everything into existence. We know that he can answer us right here, right now. But if that was the way God worked, then we would treat him like a vending machine, right? Coins in, product out. Instant gratification. So the question that we need to ask is, do we trust God in the wait? Because here's the deal, in that waiting period or season, that's where tension with the supernatural begins to build within us. You know, the vineyard, vineyard theology, there's a distinctive that they have. It's called the already and the not yet. Jesus spoke of this all the time. The kingdom of God is already here, but not yet fully established. And there's tension in that as human beings. But in that tension is where our faith grows. Our trust in the process that Jesus is taking care of us builds and grows. And that is where miracles happen. Because miracles often happen in the midst of that tension. Where is God? I don't know. I know he's got to be. He hears me, but where is me? You, you, where is he? We have to look for him. We have to follow him. We have to press in to his presence. See, when we're waiting on God is when we need to be looking and listening for him because that's where we, that's where we step into the miraculous. That's where things begin to happen. When you're waiting on God and, and you, you, you see him in the midst, like maybe somebody comes along and they have a, a bit of an answer or, or maybe you're just sitting at a red light and you're thinking about, God, where are you? And all of a sudden you have this thought. That thought is something that pertains to your prayer. And that thought isn't just a thought, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. See, while we're waiting, we need to be proactive. And that, being proactive, it was, is what helps us deal with the tension. We're, kinda, we're gonna unpack this proactive uh, thought here in a minute. But in Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse 11, listen to this. God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. See, this was written by King Solomon. King Solomon was the wisest man who walked the earth. King Solomon grew up as a man of God, fell away from God, lived as a pagan for a while, and then came back to God. He's talking about, in this passage here, about God's creation and his plan for mankind and creation from beginning to end. And we as human beings, even though we have eternity written on our hearts, we don't 
understand what God is up to in the in-between. We read about the beginning of creation. We can read about the end in the book of Revelation, but the in-between, what is happening there? We don't really know what God is up to in the grand scheme of things with creation. And isn't that the same for our own lives? Right? We, we, we really don't know what the scope of God's plan is for our lives when we're in this waiting season, when we're in the in-between. But we have to trust the process. Because this is where the Holy Spirit is working on our behalf in the spirit realm. Remember when we started this series out, we kind of we defined the fact that as followers of Jesus, our reality is both in the natural world and in the supernatural world, in the spirit realm. Because God's Holy Spirit, not only does he live within us, but he operates in the spirit realm. And the natural and the spirit work hand in hand together. That's why we are naturally supernatural human beings. When we're confused and not sure what God is up to, when we need an answer, how do we deal with this? How do we deal with that tension? How do we hold on to what we're looking for and learn to move forward in life? Because isn't it also true that we often get stuck in a rut because we can't hear from God and we don't know what is happening in the in-between. How do we give room for our faith to grow in a way that we are moving towards the expectation of the miraculous part of God's nature? See, instead of hoping and wishing and praying for a miracle, we, we, we expect miracles because we, we begin to trust the process. Well, first, to answer all these questions, we must keep in mind that there is often a natural delay in how the kingdom of God works. We talked about this in part five of this series. It is called the law of planting and harvesting, sowing and reaping. Listen to this from the same chapter in Ecclesiastes. Three, verses one and two. For everything there is a season a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest. See, there is a season for everything. When I get my garden started in the spring, like my ghost peppers and my Carolina reapers and my habaneros and my... Well, I started a new one, um, Serrano's, some other hot ones, Danny Willett. Hot peppers, man. I'm telling you, try to, try to get the spiciest chili next Sunday. I'll shake your hand with hot peppers smeared all over my... <laughs> but gardening is one of my things, right? So every springtime, I plant seeds. Now, would it be wise of me to just plant those seeds and walk away and just hope for the best? No. I need to be proactive in tending to the garden. 
I need to be in the garden almost on a daily basis, watering. I have, I have a, I've got systems. Everything in my life, I've had systems for everything. Ask Kim. I, got, I, got, I water twice a week, a certain amount of time. I'm not going to give you my secrets. There's pruning that needs to be taken care of. There's weeds that need to be pulled. There's, there's the dirt that needs to be kind of tilled and raked and all of that. There's a compost pile you have to take care of. There's, there's a process of being proactive to tending to the garden. Because you plant and then you harvest. The harvest doesn't happen until late summer and fall. And that's the delay between planting and harvesting. And it's the same way with the kingdom of God. When we let our requests be made known to God, there's often a delay, right? Because it takes time for God to answer our prayers. Again, he can do it right now, but maybe he wants to draw you in a little bit. Maybe he wants to draw you closer to him. Maybe he wants to teach you something in that Season of waiting. And so, just like I'm proactive with my garden, from the planting to the harvesting part of it, we need to be proactive in what we've been given to tend to God's kingdom here on this earth. And that's where that tension is, right? I'm frustrated because I need an answer to my prayers, and I don't feel like doing this. But being proactive helps alleviate that tension because it takes our focus off of the delay part of the process and on to praying for somebody, being a blessing to somebody, looking for somebody to bless, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and saying, I want you to stop and pray for that person. I want you to pay for that person's groceries. I want you to, you know, whatever. In Galatians chapter 6, it says this, so let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. See, the Apostle Paul wrote that to the church in Galatia, and he knew that we're, gonna, we're prone to giving up. Don't get tired of doing what is right. Don't get tired of being a blessing to those around you because at just the right time, your blessing's gonna come. I know how God works with me. It's always at the last minute. And I find that to be a part of the adventure because then I'm looking and I'm wondering. And if I'm not getting the answer and I'm waiting, like, well, then, then I ask, God, am I focused on something I shouldn't be? Like, do I, need to, do I need to change my prayer? Is there something I'm not seeing? You want to hear from God? Start the conversation. Because miracles often happen in that tension of the waiting. Because that's where God wants to show up. Especially when we are proactive in being a part of something bigger in his kingdom. I think sometimes we often forget, or maybe we're not even aware, that there is a battle going on in the spirit realm all around us. 
You know, remember, we have one foot in the natural world and one foot in the supernatural world. And both good and evil forces are in both of these worlds. And the supernatural world often collides with our natural. And this is where the spiritual warfare is. I want to read a passage from Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 11. Actually, we'll just start in verse 10. So this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. And this is his last, he's wrapping this, this letter up. And he says, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Put on all of his armor. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. If we don't heed caution to a passage like this, we are fooling ourselves into thinking that we're not setting ourselves up for a defeat. And then you can read a little bit further what the armor of God is. It's a helmet of salvation. Protects our minds. There's a breastplate of righteousness. We need to live a righteous life. It protects our heart, our vital organs, right? We got a belt of truth, which is the word of God. We have the gospel shoes of peace, which is the peace that we get from being grounded and rooted in the word of God. The sword of the spirit, again, the word of God. And a shield of faith. Sometimes it's good for us to meditate on Ephesians chapter 6 and literally see yourself putting that armor on to start each day. We need that for our protection. And also, there's nothing to protect us from behind because we are to be moving forward in life. God already has everything behind us protected. See, as followers of Jesus, we have an enemy out there that hates us. And, and, and the devil. And he hates God so much, but he can't get to God. So he goes after God's most prized possessions, you and me. We are the pinnacle of God's creation. And if he can get to us, he's done his job. You know, when we're praying for our marriage, when we're praying for our friends, relationship issues, our children, our family, our job, a job, our schooling, our finances, a healing. There are evil spiritual forces out there planting seeds of discouragement and disappointment and doubt and confusion while we are waiting to hear from God because that is what the enemy does. He is subtle. And the next thing you know, you've fallen for some of his strategies and his tricks and his schemes. See, we have an enemy. When we're dealing with that tension of waiting on God, when do you think the enemy is going to hit you the most? When you're frustrated because you're not hearing from God. The answer isn't coming soon enough. And he can just plant these little thoughts there's a reason he's not listening to you. 
you shouldn't have done that last week, otherwise he'd answer you now. And we buy into this stuff, right? And we start believing it. I think that is why in Galatians it says, tells us to not get tired of doing what is good. Because when we are looking for people to bless or things to do that are good, or even in our own lives, if we have things that we're doing that we ought not be doing that nobody knows about, do your best to do good. Because when we're focused on that, we have the helmet of salvation on that protects our minds a little bit stronger. When we're a blessing to those around us while we are waiting on God, it gives us a better mindset while we deal with the tension of waiting for our answer from God. And oftentimes, when you're so focused on something else, you forget about that tension, right? Like when you're having a bad day, but you get focused on doing something good, kind of makes your day better. Because some of this tension and frustration that we experience while waiting on God may be, it could just be the result of a spiritual battle raging against us because of the answer that God wants to bring us. I, I was thinking about this this morning. It's not in my notes, so it's on my phone. There's a story about a prophet by the name of Daniel who was given many visions, especially about the end times, and he had been waiting in agony for three weeks for an answer from God. And, and this angel comes to visit him to give him the answer, and he says to Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request was heard in heaven. I've come to answer your prayer, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. There was a battle going on in the heavenlies because of an answer that was coming to the prophet Daniel. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future, for this vision concerns a time yet to come. Daniel had to wait 21 days because there was a battle raging in the heavenlies between uh, uh, an angel from heaven and, and an angel from a demon. And then Michael, one of the big boys, comes down and he's like, I got this, go deliver your message. Could you imagine that? Like one of the highest up of God's kingdom comes to help you. You know, and then also in the book of Job, it says in the, in the first chapter, I think, you know, the angels came into the throne room of God to report, and with them was Lucifer. I read that, and I think, you know what? He understands what's happening. So when we're praying for things, believe me, church, there is a spiritual realm out there that, that is blocking us from wanting to get the things that God wants to give us. And we need to be aware of that. We need to, be, to do a self-examination of our own lives sometimes so that we, there isn't anything that we're doing. Or, or maybe it's not that. I don't know, maybe you're doing everything right. Maybe it's just the natural delay of planting and harvesting. And we just need to trust God in that weight. 
But wait, there's more. It's like the sham wow guy. It could also be, right, this waiting process could also be that God is preparing us for a blessing that we are about to receive. But before God brings us into an area of the miraculous, maybe he wants to help us become a better version of who we are. He wants to help us get a little bit closer to the person that he originally created us to be. For instance, when I came to Jesus over 20 years ago, I wasn't the person just yet that God created me to be. I'm still not. It's a constant transformation process. Where one day we, we get a little bit closer to who God created us to be. So, the, so in other words, is there something in our lives that could be hindering us from receiving all that God wants to pour into us? Like, for instance, he's been trying to get you to do or not do certain things, and you're not heeding his voice. And so the blessing isn't going to come because he's trying to move you into an area for you to receive the blessing. It's always good to do some self-reflecting with this. This ought to be the mirror to how we live our lives. And none of us are perfect. But if we strive to do our best, I I think that's all God is asking. Just do your best. To me, you are perfect. You are perfect just the way I created you. Church, we need to be reading and in. We need to know this. You know, when Jesus... Before he started his ministry, he fasted for 40 days, right, in the wilderness, and the devil, Satan himself, tempted him. And how did Jesus respond? Scripture. Because Jesus knew the word of God inside and out. We need to use that as our example. See, because God is more interested in our character than anything else. So I want to read a passage from uh, 1 Peter, chapter 1. Verse 6. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is, by, it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So prior to this, to this passage here, so be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead. Peter was talking about the inheritance that we have waiting for us in heaven. Be glad. There is so much joy ahead But before we can experience that wonderful joy, we're going to deal with things here on this earth that are not so pleasant to deal with. Trials that will test our faith. Some of you may be going through a fire right now. Keep going. Keep pushing. Keep moving forward. Because here's what I would say to you. Jesus is in the midst of that fire with you. And when you look for him and follow him, 
He'll bring you through the other side. And you will be more purified than you, when you were when you first got there, when you first entered. See, when the waiting turns into a trial of fire or a testing of our faith, we must fight not to get discouraged and not to let the delay in our answer cause us to give up. Because it is, it is just a season. The testing of our faith is just a season. It's a moment of time to test your character, to test your trust in the process of God's supernatural presence in your life. And when given the proper response, it will build your faith. It will build your spiritual endurance. It will build your character. So that when you come out of the fire, the anticipation of experiencing God, uh, the, when you come out of the fire, there is the anticipation of experiencing the miracles that God has for you. There's, there's, there's nothing fun about being in a fire. There's nothing fun about the testing of our faith. But when responding in, in, in accordingly, when you come out of it, you can look back and you're like, that's where God brought me through. There's a reason why somebody wrote that footprints in the sand poem that we all kind of navigate towards, right? When we lean on God, we let him carry us through that fire. And when we come out of it, we can anticipate miracles more so than we could before that. So I'll kind of bring it home with this, a few more minutes. Here, here's the bottom line. We are in a waiting period. When we are in a waiting period, it is a season of life. Albeit an often frustrating season, it's a season nonetheless. And seasons have beginning and ends. And we should use this season of time to listen for God's voice and to learn from him. Because this tension that comes from, from waiting can often end up being the most beautiful time that we have with our creator, Jesus. When, when we can take our focus off the tension and put it on Jesus or put it on being proactive within the kingdom, we can have the best time ever with our creator. Because oftentimes what we don't realize is Jesus is more concerned about our character than our comfort. So during the tension, if you're uncomfortable, make this your prayer from Psalm 143. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. If you're confused, if you're frustrated, if you don't understand why God isn't answering your prayers, I would make this your prayer. I would meditate on this, and I would have an honest conversation with God about this. God, I don't understand what's going on. I really wish you would answer my, you know how much I need to, you know where I'm at right now, God. However, would you teach me to do your will? Because I know that you will lead me forward on firm footing. 
no matter how insecure and how inadequate we feel during this waiting season, we have God's word that will always bring life and security. In the midst of this season, God, teach me to do your will. And if that verse doesn't hit home, if you find one that does, the Psalms are, are perfect for, for waiting periods. Because listen, Romans 15 says this, such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. We have these, the Bible here to teach us how to deal with this tension and these seasons that are uncomfortable. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. If you're impatient, if you're frustrated, if you're tense, this passage tells me the scriptures are where I need to go if I want hope and encouragement in this season. The tension that comes from waiting for our miracle will always be there. The next time you're in a season, it's going to be just as frustrating. But when we keep pushing forward and being proactive in the wait, sharing God's love with people, looking for others to bless while we ourselves are waiting for our blessing, being kingdom-minded in all we do, this is what helps us deal with a season of waiting. All the while living a naturally supernatural life by serving God and serving others. And if we don't give up, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. Amen? You know, I think I said this last week, but we're, we're getting ready to head into a moment, a time of worship. And worship in the Old Testament was how the Israelites went into battle. The singers and the musicians went first. And I believe that the heavens are going to open up here in a minute. I, I really do. I believe this with all my heart. And I believe that there's some battles that are going to be fought and won here in the next few minutes. But it's up to us to press into that. And so what I want to encourage you, Kim, you guys can come on up. Yeah, I want to encourage you that while we're in this time of worship, pour yourself out to God. Because I believe that today there's a... There's, there's a moment of time where the heavens are going to open up for you. And I believe that God wants to speak something to you. Maybe, it's, maybe your time of the season of tension is up. You're done. Maybe he just wants to speak a word of encouragement and tell you to hang on. It's coming. Whatever it is, I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that God wants to change some lives this morning. And so I want to just kind of pray about that. God, I, I want to ask Lord Jesus right now. I, I sense that there's somebody right here that's like, I, you, I, don't know if I don't know if this is true. We'll find out during ministry time. But if you just all of a sudden got this, this, this glimmer of hope, I believe that is the Holy Spirit saying, I'm putting that hope in your heart. 
If you're here and you're hurting and you're confused and you're wondering where God is, I believe God is going to touch you today. And so I'm asking, Lord Jesus, that you would begin to cultivate within all of us this expectancy to hear from God right now as we go into worship. And I want to bless this in Jesus' name. Amen.